Yes, a very good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Drive on this Monday. I trust you had a great weekend. Certainly Saturday afternoon, and we've spoken quite a bit about it uh, here at SEN uh, through the morning on the breakfast show this morning, and of course the run home and now drive the uh, end of the WAFL football season, the end of the football season full stop here in Western Australia. We had the AFL Grand Final the week before and the WAFL Grand Final Saturday afternoon. Well done to the West Perth Football Club. It was a, a terrific game, and I was speaking to a couple of people actually today about taking the Grand Final to community venues. As we know, it happened at Fremantle Oval a couple of years ago, and that was a success. But I think the Leadable Oval experience was even better I must admit, nearly 17,000 people, uh, great atmosphere. No doubt the conditions helped. It was a beautiful day, blue skies, sunshine, and the contest was great as well right throughout the day. When you look at the reserves, only one goal separated those two sides. There was two-point margin at the final siren in the Colts and a 12-point margin in the league. And West Perth, who were losers in the reserves and Colts, were thinking... Is it going to be one of those days where we go zero and three? But uh, lucky for Darren Harris and lucky for everybody at West Perth. And in the end, it was a great performance. They were the better side. They won by 12 points. And everybody talks to the winning coach and the players and the Simpson medalist. Well, I'm going to change tact this afternoon. I'm going to speak to the losing coach. Ashley Prescott, the coach of the Claremont Football Club, is going to join us a little bit later on. And Ashley Prescott's got a story. He's coached in four grand finals and he's zero and four. So I'm going to spend a bit of time with him. No doubt he'd like to reflect on the season. He'd like to reflect on the grand final and look at the positives and the negatives that came out of the Claremont Football Club this season. But just speaking to him off air a short time ago, I think he's pretty pleased with the way the season panned out. He would love to have been a premiership coach, but it wasn't to be. And Ashley Prescott's one of those positive guys. Went to bed on Saturday night, no doubt disappointed. Woke up on Sunday morning, the sun was shining and he moved on with his life. And hopefully uh, next year, it will be Claremont's year. But Ashley Prescott to join us in just a little while. As we know, the AFL trade period officially got underway today. And you heard that Bobby Hill is leaving the Giants for Collingwood, it appears uh, that so-called exodus from uh, Greater Western Sydney continues. Bobby Hill choosing Collingwood, and he's pretty happy the boy from Northam. Obviously, it's a great footy club. You know, they're they're on the way up, and so you know the way they went this year, it's uh, really good, and that's something I want to be a part of. And uh, yeah, obviously, I've got a lot of uh, I had family here, like Uncle Leon Davis, and um, real close with Cracker and. Um, you know, Jets is here now and uh, a couple of the boys I know, so that's why I chose Collingwood to you know, be, my, be my footy club. So the brothers are together again. The other story is, of course, David Walls is the uh, Fremantle Dockers list boss and he says they're sort of continuing talks with Griffin Logue to see if they can change his mind and he could possibly stay at the Fremantle Dockers after being linked to North Melbourne, uh, of course, requesting possibly a trade to North Melbourne and... Today on AFL Trade Radio, David Walls also did confirm that they're still digging their heels in when it comes to Rory Lobb. I'm with David Walls right now. Walls, you massive 10 days ahead for the Fremantle Football Club. Let's start with Rory Lobb. What's the stance at the moment with the club? Do you expect him to remain at Fremantle, like you said in the, in the press release recently, Peter Bell said, or will he find a way to the dogs? Uh, no, we've got um, every intention to keep him, Rory. 
Um, the press release that you spoke about, like our position hasn't changed since then. Uh, he's contracted, um, yeah, like I say, guys that are 207 centimetres that kick two goals a game, go into the ruck of that rare. We've got a young, tall forward line, so he's uh, crucial to us. So, um, yeah, I don't see a way in which we're trading Rory. Let's talk about Luke Jackson now, because I think this might be a complex deal that goes down to the deadline. <laughs> How are negotiations progressing with the Melbourne Footy Club? Uh, it's still very early, still early days. Um, yeah, he's indicated he'd like to come to WA. We'd love to have him, so that's on the uh, agenda today to catch up with Melbourne and see if we can progress that any further. You expect the deal to be done, though, but by the time the deadline strikes next Wednesday night? Definitely hope so, yeah. Let's talk about two boys that have nominated North Melbourne as a footy club they want to go to, Darcy Tucker and Griffin Logue. Has anything changed with them, given what's happened in the last couple of weeks at that footy club? Do you still think that they'll head there at the end of this next fortnight? Uh, I still think, yeah, I still think that they'll, they'll end up there at North, um, although we haven't given up hope. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're talking with Griffin to see if, um, you know, if there is an opening that he would look to come back um, and, and a specific role that he could play with us coming back. Um, and Darcy Tucker, he, um, yeah, we really respect him. He's played over 100 games for our club, but um, he hasn't been able to sort of bed down a role with us the last couple of years. And where he plays, we've got a lot of depth. So he's contracted, uh, and if we can um, help him find a home where he's more likely to play and bed down a role, we'd, we'd do that for Dars. What about Liam Henry? Obviously a player used the top 10 pick on not too long ago. There's been reports that he's seeking a trade. Do you expect him to still be a docker? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like we're still, yeah, high hopes for Liam. Um, yeah, even with Blake Akers, um, yeah, wing spot opening, we can really see Liam taking that over. Um, he's made huge gains again this year, so he's contracted for next year and there's been no conversation about trading Liam or, or a request for a trade either, so he'll, he'll be with us next year. We spoke to Nick Austin from Carlton about 20 minutes ago. He expects the trade to be done today. Is that the Fremantle's perspective? Yep, yep. As soon as Nick gives up a first round, we'll get it done. <laughs> well, how does it get done? It, it, it feels like a third round might be the one that seals the deal. I, I think, yeah, that'll be around the mark. Um, look, we um, weren't prepared to go to the length or term of the contract offer that Carlton offered to Blake, so he's looking for his own security. Uh, but we feel like we've got a lot of coverage, a lot of young players on our list that can play that wing role. Nathan O'Driscoll played it really well this year. Um, James H plays it, but then guys like Liam Henry, Michael Frederick, and even some of our halfbacks in terms of um, you know, Jordan Clark, Hayden Young, you know, potentially Heath Chapman can also play it there. So we feel like we've got a lot of good coverage in that area. You snagged one of the bargains of last year's trade period in, in Will Brody from the Gold Coast Suns. You're about to do the same thing in the form of Josh Corbett, who only managed the four games that had a really strong VFL season. He's a, is he a player that you think he'll get this period? Uh, definitely hopeful, yeah. And I think he can play a real role for us. Um, he's that real hard-working, hit-up, tall forward. Not overly tall, but can take a contested mark and give a really good contest. So um, really looking at him in terms of the role that, I guess, Griffin Logue played when he went forward that, um, that Josh should be able to fill. Great. All the best. Thanks for your time on Trade Radio. There you go. David Walls, uh, the head of uh, lists management at the Fremantle Footy Club. Sam Power is the head of the list management at the Western Bulldogs. And no doubt, it looks like, as you've heard from David, the situation with Rory Lobb hasn't changed. The Dockers want him and they're digging their heels and he says he won't be traded. Sam Power's response? Rory's you know, clearly contracted, so... Um, obviously, you know, um, understand Freo's position there. He's indicated, you know, he'd like to join us um, if a deal 
can be done. His partner moved to Victoria during the year, so he's keen to to get over to Victoria and, and be with her. And um, we'll keep having discussions with Frio, but um, you know, at the same time, he's a he's a contracted player, so it's it's really hard to go into too much detail than that. Mm, so there you go. There's where Sam Power, the head of the Bulldogs list management, is seeing it. He's a contracted player. He's not going anywhere at this stage as far as Fremantle concerned. Of course, it was the situation last year with GWS and, of course, this year with the Western Bulldogs. So be interesting to see how it all plays out regarding the likes of Rory Lobb. All right, uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll come back with more trade developments today a bit later in the program. Plus, we'll uh, also bring you up to date yesterday's NRL Grand Final. Uh, did you watch it? Interesting that a move to a daytime NRL Grand Final would see TV ratings plummet further, while the AFL, as we know, is being urged to consider the starting time for their grand final. It's also working in reverse here because on the back end of very low ratings for the AFL, the NRL decider billed as the Battle of the West between those arch rivals Parramatta and Penrith attracted a record low national audience of 2.367 million people. So it comes a week after, as we know, the Geelong Swans grand final pulled in that very, very modest viewership of 2.96 nationally. So one wonders why all of a sudden the two grand finals of the two major codes of the AFL and the NRL didn't have eyes on them. People, uh, the attendances, that is for people viewing it, were nowhere near what was expected. The AFL feels they can get more if they go to prime time. And now the NRL is considering, do we maybe shift it to daytime? Uh, It is a very, very complex situation. I don't think either will be moving in the foreseeable future, but uh, the fact that both grand finals were, uh, their viewer figures were so poor this year. We're going to take a break and also we'll focus on the NRL grand final a bit later on. Uh, A great performance by the Penrith Panthers. Back-to-back flags, and they are certainly uh, a club going places when you look at also the other clubs, that is the other teams under the Penrith Panthers, the New South Wales Cup side, uh, the youth teams all won premierships. So they've got a brilliant list going forward. We'll speak to Ashley Prescott about uh, the disappointment of being on the losing side of another grand final for Ashley Prescott. Four grand finals, no premiership Next, uh, yet. We'll speak to the coach of the Claremont Football Club next here on Drive.